Get ready to quit the build. The QTB crew is rounding up all the gaming news and hot topics of the week with a little extra something. And here are your hosts, Bruno and Nick. What it do? Welcome to the QTB podcast. We're so glad you could join us. My name is Bruno, and with me, as always, is my childhood friend and co-host, Nick Smoke Man Muscle. How are you doing, buddy? Is that like a name or a command? Are you telling me to smoke man muscle? <laughs> I don't know how to interpret that. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like that was your that's your like biker name. You're rolling in off the off the road and you walk into a bar and you know, everyone stops and mm-hmm. looks at the at the at the door yeah. and you're you just kinda like tip your hat and my unfiltered camel smoke in man hand. muscle. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right there. The name smoke, smoke man muscle. Smoke man muscle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. Well, man, it, it is great to, to have another episode. We have just been cruising along, yeah. and I am so happy that we have been expanding our community through uh, Twitch now. We have a Twitch Twitch channel. Yes. We, we're on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. We have a, a Discord, and now we're, we're, we're set up with a Patreon. We got the Patreon. Tell, tell, tell them about the Patreon. Yeah, so we just set this up, and uh, the idea behind it is um, we, got, we got a couple tiers there for you that if you want to uh, you know support the show, you certainly can. Um, and we have some great options available. So the first tier for $5 a month will give you access to a new bonus show that we're going to be putting out. Um, right now it's slated for a monthly release called the Nostalgia Vault, where, oh, where you and I are going to be talking I'm about. Because it's just uh, you know aspects of our childhood obviously nostalgia is a big yeah, part of, yeah. of of what we talk about being you know millennial childhood friends we got stories to tell sure. right so yeah oh yeah 100 percent. that's going to yeah. be what what that's all about so you will get access to that uh to that feed um when you become a tier one uh subscriber also at the end of every episode we'll be doing shout outs um and you'll get your name on that yeah. list so you can just be oh, getting shout outs Every single episode, pretty cool. Then, yep, I'm gonna be doing them in some funny voices too, Nick. Yeah, okay. Like I've got to be bringing the funny voices for the people. <laughs> so if you oh, want an old smoker lady, might get or, a shout out. Yep, exactly. Just let Ooh. me know, and I will do my best. Yeah. To, to try and accommodate those. So I love it. Just a heads up for the listeners. Yeah, and then the higher tiers. So tiers two and three. Um, if you're on Twitter, you may have seen our Facebook that we have teamed up with Pierce Unlimited um, to yeah. reopen the Pop Art Vault, which is a collection what? of uh, gaming pins and stickers that are no longer for sale. And nice. when you are a Tier 2 subscriber or Tier 3 subscriber, you're going to get access to a rotating mystery pack of stickers and pins, depending on which tier you go with. Ooh. Yeah, in addition to some extra perks as well. So there's some really cool physical merch that you're going to get um, that you just you can't get anywhere else in exchange for supporting the show. So check it out if you'd like to. Um, it'll be in the links to our show there in, in the uh, description, or you can go right on to quitthebuild.com slash community um, to learn more about that. And thank you so much because, uh, you know, supporting the show it lets us know that, that you're there right there with us, and we, we certainly appreciate yeah. the consideration. Well, it's, it's funny that you mentioned Pierce Pop or Pierce Unlimited, uh, that's their new name, because we're teaming up with them not only for our Patreon, but to also give our listeners who write us a review on Apple Podcasts one of these mystery packs every single month. Mm -hmm. So if you go on Apple Podcasts, write us a review, uh, we're going to choose one each month. You'll be entered every month. Yep. The minute you write the review and we're going to be selecting one of those lucky listeners every month to get a Pierce Unlimited merch pack. And it's going to be amazing. So uh, thank you to them for marketing media that works and bespoke design to power your business. Visit PierceUnlimited.com. So what do we have on the news docket today, Nick? I, I've I've heard I've heard some rumors. Yeah. Call of Duty is the number one game this year, and everybody wants it, right? Not only, you know, the number one is a number that's in my head right now, Bruno, not just because of Call of Duty, but because, uh, you know, I was just running the uh, the numbers there, the analytics. And, oh, yeah? uh, you know, it came across my uh, thing that uh, I, don't, I don't know why, I don't know why, but we were the number one video game podcast in the country of Honduras for one week. What? <laughs> How about that? Shout out to Honduras. Thanks, Honduras. I mean, <laughs> yeah, can we just, I mean, yeah. I don't, like, let's just get the Honduras National Anthem playing in the background there or something, and, and and our salute to you, because, wow, <laughs> I, 
maybe we can, you know, yeah. maybe we can try and sprinkle in some some things and some spicy things in there. I don't know. Is is Honduras spicy? Do they if like I knew a things? single thing about Honduras, well, obviously I need to do some research because obviously yeah. we're resonating very well with like the three people yeah. there that listen to podcasts. So nice, <laughs> nice. Hey, and the three people that listen yeah. to us, we appreciate Big you time. all day. We see you. I am telling you. Yep, we see you. <laughs> yep, and I even saw the Netherlands in there. What we are, we are. Yes. Multinational people. International this is podcast. Span- yep. Spanning the globe That's right. of all people. And speaking of spanning the globe, mm-hmm. Nick, we have some international news. That's right. So you were just talking about Call of Duty. So yeah. <laughs> this is a weird one. But okay. Yes, okay, so there's a guy that um he goes out in, in the UK. Um, and you know, in the UK right now, the coronavirus protocols are still really strict. Like you can't, you yeah. can't just go out and go somewhere unless you have specific can't cause. Um, yep. So there's a lot of reasons why you could just be out in the street, you know, wearing a mask, you know, following all the all the the, the, the expectations, but you'd still be in 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 violation of of law because you you didn't have a reason to be out, right? So this guy got caught for exactly that, but it escalated into much more. And the reason why, you know, it it doesn't sound like a gaming story, but it is because this guy, when he was interviewed by uh, the UK police... They they noticed he was kind of like dodging the police and saw them and him and his buddy were like walking, you know, around the corner and, and trying to get away from him. So they, yeah, they naturally that's, pursue. That, that never, ever, you know, draws draws your attention more than if you're about to approach a uh, like sobriety checkpoint and you decide, nah, I'm going to pull out we're and good. turn we're around good. and <laughs> chase, chase that guy, right? I got to go this way to get home now. So, yeah, the, the pull him aside and they're like, hey, you know, what what's going on? on and he's like oh i just wanted to come out to get uh you know the new call of duty game because you know i'm in lockdown and i there's nothing to do so you know i mean that's a that's a pretty good reason right yeah yeah, yeah as, as far so. as i'm concerned he needs, he needs, yeah, the I man guess. needs his entertainment and now that right. i'm thinking about it he probably couldn't use a credit card the reason being that he was a fugitive so they they oh okay i was just gonna ask like why why didn't he just download this right. and good call sir mm-hmm. good call way to think about that before my dumb butt decided to chime in <laughs> maybe he had a friend that would do it. i don't know i mean who really know i guess he would maybe he was just confident enough that he could go out and get it um yeah the size of these call of duty games like i guess i could understand why he'd want the physical version but he still have yeah. to install it i don't know anyway so they they they're like oh yeah we're gonna need to see some id and all of a sudden this guy just busts out this groin kick that you would not believe i mean you've seen it but i mean it was just just out of out of, out of the blue I, I and I mean, all of a sudden, this huge brawl breaks out. So this is basically what, what, what I'm calling this brawl of duty because <laughs> <laughs> it's the best pun I could come up with for coin them. it, coin yeah, it. That, that's, it, it. It's in the episode title. They've already seen it. They they knew that was coming. Nice. Yeah, nice. Um, the, the, this fight breaks out, and then you know, after like a solid like two or three minutes of them scuffling, because UK police don't really carry any weapons, right? Yeah. That's that's what I've heard. I've, I believe they they ban handguns. There's really no need for them to carry them because you'd be able to see somebody carrying a shotgun or a rifle or something like that. And so I think most of the time they just carry a billy club. That's what I've heard. So right. maybe if there's uh, any of our UK listeners out there that want to let us know, you can always uh, send us your thoughts on quitthebuild.com. Just a little shout out there <laughs> yeah but you know so this they, they, they found out that this guy was had actually escaped from prison that's no joke oh, geez. so he was he was sentenced to a uh, straight a, out of the gulag yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly he didn't get out right he did get out and now uh he did you can get only out. get out once you can only get yep, out once. only once that's the rule them's the rules he knows that so yeah. he was originally sentenced to a 17 year sentence for robbery and firearm possession um, but he he busted out and managed, I guess, to be in hiding. And all of a sudden, you know, that he said, oh, you know what, I'm going to go buy the latest Call of Duty. And uh, that was uh, his first and last mistake. So he was r- arrested again. Um, yeah. Obviously, yeah, right after he hauled off and kicked him, and like I said, yeah, if you if you see the footage of this, it it reminded me one hundred percent of King of the Hill when Bobby says, "That's my purse. I don't know you. I don't, <laughs> I don't know you." 
Yeah, he like goes to like women's self-defense and the women's self-defense teacher, you know, tells him to scream, that's my purse, I don't know you, and then kick the assailant in the groin. And so that's his self-defense tactic. Yeah. And he should have tried, <laughs> he tried that. it, but it sounded like it was a woman, a female police officer that uh apprehended him. Yeah, it was her and, and a couple other. I think the body cam was the female police officer. If you if you if you look up this story. To our listeners, you can actually see the full body cam footage. I think they have to release it um, of the whole conversation that led to that. Like I said, that random. She took him kick. down. Oh, it was. She kicked yeah. him. She took him down quick. He, yeah. didn't, he didn't get very far. He had no so. shot. Like he was going to like <laughs> kick him and then, you know, make a make a run for it. And it just it didn't play out like he was cornered because obviously I think he gave an incorrect name. So they, you know, were going to go for the ID card and it was going to be something different. You know, Bruno, if if going by Call of Duty, if he had just yeah. equipped the ghost perk. Uh, he ah. would have not been detectable on radar, um, and yeah. then he would have uh, completely evaded the police. That's how it works, right? I, I would assume so. Or he could have just given them a better name. A I better mean, name. I give you a new name right. every week. We've yeah. got Flint Ironstad, yeah. Blast Hard Cheese, right. Bulk Vanderhuge, Splint Chest Hair. I mean, they just, they're <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. There's so many names that you could use. I right. mean, even if he doesn't want to, if he wants to like be, you know, just normal, he can be William Billingham. Oh, you that's know. gonna. Of course, that's gonna fly in the UK. That's- yeah, or Rick Soonburn. You know, you could be something like that. I don't know, Trent Dilvadizer. You're just the guy with the names. It's incredible. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, man. Just the generator. <laughs> <laughs> Silly pants name generator. <laughs> I don't know why I would need it, but if I needed a name on the fly, I'm, you're, you're my you're my go-to. Right, I'm just gonna open up my own like fake passport business. Yeah, or naming naming foreign people who come over to the United States. Right, because why wouldn't we want more Galileo Humpkins in the world? <laughs> I told you, I, I'm telling you, like, if you met a gentleman named Galileo Humpkins, <laughs> she would listen up. You'd be like, this man has some knowledge. Yes. Yeah. We need to gather around, folks. Right. <laughs> Children, come hear the tale of Galileo Humpkins. <laughs> <laughs> the man that was in the know about space oh, and things. Oh, my gosh. Um, but yeah, so um, he was uh, sentenced to another 13 months in prison, of course, um, and then uh, six months for assaulting police officers. So the guy just got himself in all sorts of trouble. He would have been released from prison in 2024, but uh, now obviously that's going to be much longer. So yeah, uh, un- unfortunate news for this guy. Um, wow. You know, I he was doing pretty well. He, but as they say, he fought the law and the, and the law won. Well, I mean, if he's been in prison for a while, then he might not have known that he could download Call of Duty <laughs> oh. because he was in prison for so long. Maybe. You know, there was no like reacclimation. I never he thought was about just that, like, right. He was just like, I know they got to be yeah. making Call of Duties. They make them like they make Madden every right. year, baby, like clockwork. It's like so. an unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt situation where he's like, <laughs> comes, you know, it's like, oh, it's the 90s still, right? Like, I. <laughs> Yeah, it comes out using nineties slang. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be so rad this weekend, guys. <laughs> I can't I can't download this game on my on my fifty six K modem. Can you tell me where I can get some surge in, in Doritos three D? <laughs> what? <laughs> What you're telling me? They're still around? Oh man! <laughs> no, they went away and now they're back. Matthew McConaughey brought him back, right? <laughs> he did. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the dumber Super Bowl commercials I, I managed. It to actually It really see. was, but we were all excited to see it because we've been, you know, us '90s kids. Yes. We just want all of the things from the '90s. Dunkaroos. We want all that. Oh, Bring it back. Dunkaroos like, were my jam, man. And this is the kind of stuff you're going to get on that nostalgia vault bonus show because oh, we're yeah. gonna be going in depth about mostly the 90s let's be honest yeah of course those were those were the golden years of of the world and everything mm-hmm. i mean well not the world i will say that i did do a video and it was on how awesome the 90s was and I remember that yeah how are yeah mm-hmm. like how just how our generation really loved the 90s and then people were like oh man in czechoslovakia in the 90s it was really bad because there was a civil war and i'm like well, I'm American, so what? <laughs> and I was nine. We what had, do you want we me had to all do? that. Keenan and Kel. Like, what? <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah. How did it take Keenan all this time to get his own uh, his own sitcom? I don't know. I thought, I honestly thought he was going to be a lifer at SNL. Yeah. Like, he was just going to be like, when when our kids have kids, 
they're just going to be like on the 175th <laughs> anniversary of Saturday Night Live. We've also got the longest running member, <laughs> Kaden Thompson. Here he comes, hosted by Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Don't know how he's still around. But... Dan Aykroyd's head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it turns into a Futurama world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, just a, just a pretty wild story where kind of video games played a role in it, but just... It, it it becomes so much more, and like I said, if you haven't seen that body cam footage, check it out because it is uh, it is wild stuff. Well, uh, surprisingly, I a lot God of God uh, is life, bro. Yeah. <laughs> God is life, like yeah. <laughs> I just love that, like he's been in prison yeah. for obviously a while, mm-hmm. right? And he gets out, and he the first thing he's like is like, bro, I gotta be playing me some Call of Duty. I heard they got a new one, and it's dope. Let's go. You got you got a Let's lot of go. Call of Duties to catch up on. <laughs> But uh, we had Modern Warfare and then other things, and then we brought Modern Warfare back again. And yeah, I think we remastered it's, it's at some point. Yeah, I was going to say he's going to play the remaster having never played the original. Right. <laughs> Wait a minute, they remastered? How long was I in prison? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you may have heard of a Super Nintendo World. Oh, I have. And I've seen it. Yes. I've seen some videos. Oh, yeah. Man. You know, that, that, that video where uh was it Miyamoto goes yeah. into you know the it was finished construction but not yet open yet and still not isn't yeah open as of as of this airing um and he takes us on a tour you know through Super Nintendo World and it's it's so cool it, it evoked all the all the feelings all the feeling not oh, yeah. of just all, childhood bliss of like man can you imagine if we had something like this when I, we I, were younger I mean I just I I see myself as an adult running and trying to like and jump and hit like hit a block and you uh, can you know question mark yeah no you can't it's freaking wild yeah they've got like those little wristbands that you go up and you pretty much you know hit them or Mm -hmm. you know touch something yeah uh, and it activates it, and there's an app. To, is it? Is that what it is? Yeah, like there's a smartphone app that, app that works with the uh, yeah. wristband. It's like it's like when you go to Disney, you get those uh, those, yeah. those bands. Um, yeah, it has totally. like, like an NFC chip in it or something. But uh, what do you think the over under is going to be on a kid uh, injuring himself from smashing his head by jumping on one of the underneath one of those blocks? Um, oh, I'm sure it's <laughs> nothing that they won't be able to fix with uh, you know a little Goomba meal or stuffed animal or stuff something Give like the kid that. A mushroom. See, that's the yeah, that's the thing that always gets me. I always want the merchandise. Yeah. Like, I want to go to Japan mm-hmm. just for the Poka Centers yeah. and the merchandise that they have at some of these places that's exclusive over there that you can't get right. over here. Mm-hmm. We don't have cool things over here. Like, right. we get them all from over there. They yeah. all come over we, here from, we, from over there. We get there. whatever comes into Spencer's Gifts. <laughs> like, oh, right. that, that's or maybe hot topic gets. Oh my gosh! But yeah, so you know, originally the um, the one that in Japan was scheduled for a 2020 release. Obviously, coronavirus got in the way. That both yeah. super they wanted to have it ready to go for when the Olympics happened. That was going to happen in Osaka, um, hmm. and obviously things didn't pan out. And both the Olympics were delayed until 2021, but also the opening of of this park. And it's finally going to happen. They're saying, at least in Osaka, we're going to get a release, uh, an opening rather, on March 18th. Um, that's the oh. good news if you are in that area or willing to travel to that area. But yeah. for everyone else, unfortunately, you're looking at a a pretty uh, crushing wait. They are saying that the uh, the, the version that's going to open up at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida, is not going to open up until about 2025 is the projected date. I, I'm not even sure wow. if they've broken ground on this thing yet. Um, and based on that date, I, it's not super surprising. Yeah, but this is going to be easy an easy sell for the wife, right? Like oh, yeah. your your son your mm-hmm. son is going to be turning five or six yep. around that time mm-hmm. and uh you'll be able to be like hey we can not only go to universal studios but we can go to disney world as well yeah so that's a huge sell and i and i and, and l- listen i i want to go to super mario world or super nintendo world rather as much as the the next person but it, it's not something that i would travel to japan just for that mm-hmm. 
Like I'd want to do some other things obviously as, as well. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of having it come to someplace like universal studios is that there's so many other things around there, like Harry Potter world. And, um, you know, then they've got the different, just the different universal IPs that they have for, for the rides and yeah. whatnot. And then there's Disney world on the, you know, the other side of that. So yep. I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a huge, huge, uh, sell for for that area, and I, I mean, I'm willing to wait. So it's just, it's just, you know, it's one of those things where I always feel like I'm gonna go when that opens, yeah. and then something else comes along <laughs> <laughs> from my childhood. Like as right. soon as they build Nintendo World, we're gonna hear about Pokemon World, yeah. and then I'm gonna be like, oh. oh man, well now I gotta wait till 2030. Yeah, because, you gotta get because... it all in one trip. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, just man. go down there and spend a month there and hit every little thing. <laughs> and you know, it's just a matter of time. Like I like, like I was saying before, it's it's crazy that we've had we've had to wait this long for something like this to come about. You know what I mean? Gaming yeah. has been a part of culture, and especially Nintendo, for so long. And we've talked about this before in previous episodes about how Nintendo is so protective of their IPs. They got yeah. burned very badly um, back in the well. Uh, this was before the Nintendo sixty four, if, if my if my memory serves correctly. They got Bowser burned. Yeah, where they were looking into CDs. <laughs> Remember, we talked about the Nintendo PlayStation. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. One one way that they actually ventured into CD technology was with Philips, and they created the Philips CDI, um, and mm. it is one of the most comically terrible consoles of all time um it, it it was mostly used for educational stuff but they actually made games wow. um oh, wow. and nintendo in hindsight stupidly gave out the rights to make like three or four nintendo games for the philips cdi that other companies working for philips would make that nintendo would not have is any... that where we got the mario keyboard game no not the keyboard game oh, there was man. a mario game it was called mario hotel but it was never finished but where where you what? probably have seen this yeah <laughs> This is this is getting obscure, but I, I, I'm, okay. I'm going somewhere with this for the news story. So bear with me. You may, you may remember they made those two or actually three Zelda games that were terrible, that were famous for those cutscenes. Oh um, yeah, yeah. That I mean, were just just the worst. And people are still making like Morbo memes, or whatever his name is, one of the, one of the, <laughs> the shopkeepers. And yeah, you know, when Nintendo saw what happened there, because it was such a colossal failure, and they they basically made their IPs look like jokes. Yeah. Um, they said, you know what? <laughs> we're after this and the Super Mario Brothers movie, we're raining it in. You know, we're we're calling the shots from now on. And the Super Mario yeah. Brothers movie. It, it, I mean, those the, the combination of those yeah. things really caused Nintendo to take another look and be like, look, we got to be really careful about who we let you know use our IP, um, and we we want to preserve that magic and that that quality, right? That Nintendo is yeah. known for. You know, one of the first people to bring about the seal of quality to try and combat the uh, the video game crash. Uh, way back in the in the day, so yeah, it's really 87. cool to see this finally come to fruition. And uh, what what part of the theme park are you most excited about? Just everything. I mean, like like I said before, I I'm a big fan of merchandise, so I would really want to get to the gift shop and see what that's about. And honestly, as an adult, I'm I would just enjoy the fact that. S- artists have taken the time to recreate the world that we've played in for so long, um, you know, in a, in a physical way. And that to me is just really interesting to be able to go through it because I'm not a big fan of like roller coasters. I mean, I'll get on them, but I'm not going to wait in line for three hours to get, to go on a, you know, 20 second ride or Mm -hmm. however long it ends up being. Um, so I'd much rather go through an experience like this and that's exactly what this is. This is a huge experience. So for me, it would be, I I'd have to, you know, I'm a collector with those things. So I'd have to go through and be like, okay, do I get any like secret things? If I hit all the, you know, all those things that I'm supposed to hit, like with the, the band, you you got one shot at this, you're going for the completionist run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah, I'm just going through there, and that's the way that the app is set up. When they were showing in the video, like it, you, it, there's like stamps that you collect, and you have to go around, and there's definitely going to be like a correct way to get everything done, and just oh, it's just the coolest stuff, man. Like the way that the 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 band that you get, like you can actually play like games in the world where like you, you yeah. interact with something, and like it, it causes like a a shell to fire up a pipe, and you need that to get like a key. 
you know, and you mm-hmm. actually see the key pop up and then it goes in your inventory. Like <laughs> it's, it's the kind of stuff that like when Pokemon Go first came out and this concept of, you know, a, a, a Nintendo IP that we grew up with and loved is now available yeah. in this radical way that we've never experienced it before. I yeah. get that kind of vibe. Um, and totally. very, very few things, I think, these days, we talked about how we've seen it all at this point, that very few things can really tug at your n- nostalgic heartstrings the way that yeah. something like a really well-made theme park can. Um, and I, I guess my only my only concern is, you know, when we finally get out there one day, that the actual section of it isn't all that big because it's one section of a larger park. You know, it's not its own yeah theme park and you can kind of see when they're walking through it and then the aerial shots like you know there's not a whole lot to yeah. actually do it's going to be more like you said about the experience um a couple rides there was like that yoshi's ride where you ride on a yoshi around it's just kind of like a tour of the of the of the area and then the mario kart augmented reality ride that one sounds kind of funky right yeah well i think the integration of all the stuff is just going to get better and what we see now is not what we're going to see in the u.s for Mm. universal studios because you're right they're going to want people to be in there for more than you know an hour so they're they want people to spend time and spend money in there so they are going to have to do something where they basically just upgrade everything and i think this is a stepping stone in terms of what they're going to do in a larger scale in the u.s and Mm -hmm. that's you know we're going to see it's going to be more than what we're seeing now for sure oh so you know and like you said this idea of being able to have augmented reality or any type of video game attached to the park is going to have people lingering there because maybe you have to reach a certain score to to do this or yeah. maybe it's just fun you know what i mean <laughs> like, maybe it's just maybe you're just just, having a good time maybe, yeah right. maybe you're just chilling there like i can see dad sitting there like ah hey, you go off and do your thing sweetie i'm gonna sit here and play mario like yeah you know there's exclusive games that you can download at the park Ooh, or nice. that yeah. would be really neat too mm-hmm. if there were maybe games that you could buy or apps that you could buy at the park that then take with you that would be really and a really amazing experience as well. So yeah. I think the the idea of integrating uh, a virtual video game world with a physical world is what we're all about. And yeah. there's so many things you can do with that. I, I you're exactly right that what what's going to happen here is this thing is going to open up, and you know after five years of waiting, you know now you're going to have all of these people that are just they're ready to go. And yeah. that, that that place, you're probably going to have to buy tickets, you know, way in advance. I think mm. about things of like at Disney World, there's certain things that like if you want to do it, like you have to book it like way yep. in advance. I'm thinking of like the um, they have the the Beauty Character and the Beast. Breakfasts. Well, that that one's that one too. Yeah, that's the one that I one thought of was the, yeah, the, the Beauty and the Beast. Um, you can go into the castle and the, it's, it's, oh. it's, it's, it's like a restaurant. But you can go in okay. there and like it's a whole and it, it's gorgeous. Like it's a recreation of the castle from the movie and the dessert has the gray stuff. It's delicious. And, <laughs> uh, you know, but it, it's so unbelievably popular that you need to book your vacation over a year in advance if you want to have any yeah. shot of getting in there. And I think there's going to be such an insane demand for something like this. Uh, mm. God help us if if we have problems with the scalpers, because, you know, oh. I, I don't know if it'd be possible, but there's going to be it, it's going to be very tough to get in. You know, whatever that occupation yeah. limited, like I said, it doesn't look very big. And so many people are going to want to go that I think, you know, it's going to be so financially successful for them that, yeah, by, you know, 2027, 2028, they're going to be like, OK, we're adding on sections because it's not. And this is important to remember. Yeah. It's not Super Mario World. It's Super Nintendo World. Super Nintendo World. World. Right. Yep, yep. But the only IPs that we're seeing in the park are from Mario. So, of course, it's just a matter of time. They're leaving that door open oh, yeah. to say, hey, you know, obviously. Come on, man. Are you, you know, like, Can you here's imagine? Star Fox, like a Star Fox experience. Like, that would be so cool. Or even Samus, you know, getting some Metroid in there. I mean, there's so many different things, so many IPs that Nintendo has that they can pull from. I only see it as a competitor to like a serious viable competitor to Disney. Yeah. 
um, and Disney World. Like they can create their own thing where they have these similar experiences that Disney has with these themed rides and themed areas of the park that people want to go to. Uh, you know, there's that to me is is incredible because as as cool as Disney is, and I think everyone for the most part is a Disney fan, right? Yeah. I think now Disney owns enough IPs. They own, uh, I didn't realize that they, that, well, first of all, I didn't realize that, uh, alien and predator were part of the Marvel like universe, really? but yeah, I, apparently there's like comics or something oh. that are supposed to be coming out. And that explains how they got the, in Fortnite. Exactly. Yeah. So that's my point. Like, huh. you know, if they're owned by Marvel and Disney owns Marvel, there's so many different things that we're going to see. They've already started doing themed Marvel Disney cruises. Yeah. So you can actually go on there and it's more geared towards like the Avengers and uh, superhero aspect of Disney versus, you know, characters like right. Mickey and Minnie. Mm-hmm. And they're going to do that with Star Wars. I'm sure there's going to be like a Star Wars ship. Absolutely. You know, they, they, yeah. they might as well just do the galaxy. I'm pretty sure that's one of their ship's names. They just need to turn that into the Star Wars ship. I want a Death Star <laughs> cruise ship. <laughs> it's a giant ball floating out in the water. <laughs> That would be actually pretty cool. I'm, I, are you kidding me? Like I, I booked that now. I don't care if it's in 15 years. I'm, I'm ready. What, what is that? A ship? That's no ship. <laughs> That's a Death Star. That's no cruise ship. <laughs> just, just the thought, Bruno, of of being in a theme park the size of Disney World with you yeah. know a Zelda themed area and a Mario themed area and just every IP you can think of having some kind of representation. I, I wouldn't want to go anywhere else. I think that's the other <laughs> other problem that you have with with spaces like that where you were talking about where it's like, well, yeah, if yeah. you're going to go to Florida, you got to go to Disney World. Like you can't, yeah. you can't not go to Disney World. Your kid, you that's wouldn't stupid. allow it, and your kids wouldn't let you <laughs> do that to them. So, yeah. you know, I, and that's, a, that's an issue because I think a lot of people when they plan trips out there, they think of of Orlando or uh, Universal Studios as kind of an afterthought of like, here's the extra thing that we get, especially because Disney yeah. tries to sell you the packages that keep you in the park, right? Mm-hmm. Of, hey, we've got all these different parks and you can't, you can't do them in, you know, one or two days. Yeah. So, you know, if you're planning a one week vacation, it's tough to make time. And that's kind of the problem, right? Is that you, you can get out to these other spots. Like, you know, I'm obviously, I'm going to be spending as much time as I can in, in Super Nintendo World. And yeah. my wife is a huge Harry Potter fan. So of course we're going to go to their spot as well. Yeah. And it's just like, man, it's, Stuff like that, you blink and it's just like the experience is gone and it's so hard mm. to to savor it and drink it in when there's there's always something else that needs to get done in order for you to feel like you got your money's worth. Yeah, that's I remember going to to Disney World as a kid. I've gone twice, uh, once where we stayed at the park the whole time and then once where we split down the middle and did uh, half park, half cruise. And they were both awesome, but you're right. We literally ran from one park to the next right. to try and fit everything in. And we, we at the time, this was in the, uh, I think it was in 2001 around there, 2000, 2001, okay. um, is when we went and it like, we still booked our vacation a year in advance And, you know, it was still expensive and still had to rush to and from all these different places to get the full the full Disney experience. So you're right. I mean, when people think about going to Orlando around that area, they never think Disney's never the afterthought. Yeah. Universal Studios is always the afterthought. So they're not going to like. Yeah. Yeah. So I think with something like Super Nintendo World, they can clearly come in and say, we have enough to to really bring in and have people stay here like they do at Disney. Yeah. Especially if we open it up, open it up to different Nintendo uh, IPs like we've been talking about. There's just there's so many different things that they're going to be able to to do that Disney won't necessarily be able to to provide like that video game aspect. They're not really going to be able to provide that the same way that Nintendo would. So it's going to be really interesting to see for sure. I got to say, you know, you're talking about a a Disney cruise. I'm a little jealous, man, because the only cruise that I ever went on. (laughs) Oh yeah. You know, a little something called the big red boat (laughs) back in the day, man. I remember. I remember you going on the big red boat, right? And I had never heard of this cruise line before in my life. And no one ever heard but about it sure. after. <laughs> Go, I don't know what happened no, to the big red boat. There was a big red boat. It was a big red boat. It was. 
Oh, and yeah, I think I think we got like 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 cheap costumes of like Bugs Bunny and like Daffy Duck. I think they had like Looney Tunes access. Well, so they were like partner with Warner Brothers. I guess or? so. Yeah, but it was like this <laughs> '90s cruise line that oh, it was as, as tacky as it. I, I I wish we had kept the promotional VHS they sent us because oh. I don't know if I ever told I think I probably told you this when I went on that boat I didn't realize this until way later but I was basically exploited for labor because they they have this story what? where what? or that this <laughs> oh wait yes. no I remember this yes <laughs> <laughs> this story oh my god banana bunch Bruno. is this the one where they like made you be like yeah like perform for like adults yes essentially? yes yes and it was such a novel idea at It'll the time be because my parents are like oh you know he's so talented we got to get him up there they think they, they think he's got something you know and what what they what <laughs> basically did was something. when you got on the boat they were scouting i guess for kids that just like looked like they had like a you know stage personality and i guess that does sum me up and they, it was like me and five other kids, and they were like, hey, you know, you want to do a show? And so, of course, we're going to say yes, and there was like a rehearsal for it, and we were called the Banana Bunch. The Banana, the banana I knew, Bunch. I knew you were going to be called like the Banana Boat Crew yeah, or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. You and it was, so, it was so dumb. There was like this this like lady named like Carmen Banana that was dressed up like uh, the Chiquita lady with uh, the fruit hat and all that. <laughs> And yeah. we came out and we would do like, you know, you know, Nick, Nick, Bobic, banana fan of, you know, and like the, it was, I, I, my stage name was Nutty Nicholas. Nick. I had one of those like shiny, like vests that you wear that serve no practical purpose other than just being a shiny you vest. such a great childhood. Oh man. This is yeah. why we, this is exactly why we're doing the Nostalgia Vault yes. episodes because between the virtual boy and your <laughs> your time as a performer on the, the big, big red, red boat, <laughs> what you do as a child, Nick? Well, yeah. I was a traveling performer for a cruise line for like a for like a day. I should I should sue them. I don't know if there's like a, like, a, like a statute of limitations on exploiting child labor. Like I never that was I never part got of the terms paid for of agreement that you had. See, yeah. you were in international water, waters. Oh, then, maritime so they couldn't law. Do anything. Yep, they got maritime me. law. Those jerks. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, hey, we got another story to cover, and of course, we have a big interview coming up a little bit later in our new bonus round segment. So we'll get to that right after this. All right. It is 9:43 p.m. out there somewhere, you late night lit listeners. I can't really say that. Not only are you a random name generator, you're also a random time generator. Yeah, you know, because sometimes when you're podcasting, you're podcasting in the morning. Sometimes you're podcasting at night before you go to bed. Maybe maybe you're podcasting on the toilet right now. Ooh. Are you pooping, listener? <laughs> It's the name of the name of the newest podcast. Am I pooping? <laughs> <laughs> You'll never know. I'll never You'll tell. You'll never know, and I'll never tell. <laughs> well, we'll know for we'll know, you know, whether or not they were pooping if they do the segment, my favorite segment, yeah. reading the reading the back of the shampoo bottle. I saw that on Reddit. Yeah, they were talking about how like before uh, people were, uh, you know, before like the smartphones were invented, like what were you doing? Yep. And it's like, yeah, we were yep. reading the 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 backs of like labels of things, or just yeah, like, right. Yeah, I had my Game Informer magazine was what I what I was using. That's yeah. Exactly yeah, totally. what Game Informer was for. I, I, that's that was mine. Was always the bad, the ingredients on everything in the, you know, what's what's in what's in this uh, shampoo right here? Yeah, well, I'll tell you, this Bruno, all natural shampoo. If I were to be reading Game Informer right now, I think what would the, it say? The big article would be about, of course, this uh, Xbox and Bethesda, uh, rather Microsoft and Bethesda merger. Now we talked about Ooh. this one. Uh, before about you know that it was it was happening it had been announced but we hadn't really gotten yeah. any concrete details and people were kind of waiting for like hey when's there going to be some kind of announcement on you know what what this means and, and what it's going to look like for these two going forward you know fun fact about this acquisition bruno that it's a 7.5 billion dollar purchase for microsoft Man, everything's in the billions now nick it that's is. how much money the world is generating because mm-hmm. not only was grand theft auto in the billions but this is in the billions pretty soon valheim will be in the billions i'm <laughs> with, saying with i mean they're getting a million the every week going. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's a matter of time really right <laughs> it's exponential but um yeah so this this deal 7.5 billion it's microsoft's largest gaming acquisition by far the what the only other wow. number that even came close is when they bought out um minecraft 
right? Mojang yeah, Studios well, for $2.5 billion. So this is three times as big, which makes sense. I mean, Bethesda and its parent company, ZeniMax, this is no small acquisition. It is major. And right now, it's got the internet a buzz. A lot of speculation, a yeah. lot of talk. But the article that we're looking at right now, um, you know, we finally got confirmation that the regulators in both the United States and Europe approve the acquisition. You know, big, big acquisitions like this, you have to get that regulatory approval. It's like the what the Sprint merger with T-Mobile. Like when that yeah. kind of move, that that kind of money is changing hands, it's triggering a lot of laws that are like, <laughs> hey, someone, someone on a panel somewhere has got to be like, yes, Chuck Norris has to give a thumbs up. You know, yeah, yeah, or Cal Ripken, as we've said, yes, um, yeah, and I, yeah, and you're right. I mean, I'm pretty sure my bank has a limit of like ten thousand dollars, anything over that, and they <laughs> kind of raise an eyebrow. So, <laughs> right, yeah, I think a two or yeah. uh, what is it, seven billion dollar acquisition is this gonna is this karen can we get this can we get this approved do we have enough to cover can this i get a notary vault? stamp on this yeah where we're gonna need <laughs> call the other bank then karen i can't be waiting <laughs> this is seven billion dollars yeah well i don't have it don't look at me <laughs> just venmo <laughs> oh my gosh you guys have yeah venmo? just cash at <laughs> what's me. the biggest yeah just cash at me <laughs> they don't have any they don't care you send whatever <laughs> How many zeros are in a billion again? <laughs> just, keep, just keep going. Oh, man. So, yeah, so this this is a huge acquisition, and now we have an announcement with the uh, the regulatory approval. I guess they were waiting for all the, you know, all the all the paperwork to get shuffled around there. Uh, yeah. uh, Thursday, March 11th, we are going to be getting a video presentation from Microsoft that will answer some questions Ooh. and kind of give a timeline for and, and a game plan roadmap for what uh, Bethesda future and present titles are going to be looking like for for Xbox. Now, according to some insider information, and I take this with a grain of salt as always with this kind of stuff, but it does make mm-hmm. sense that it, it sounds like they are going to be using this time to tell people that any future eligible game, obviously contractual obligations like with Deathloop, for example, and it's it's temporary exclu- exclusivity yeah. with uh, with what I think about PlayStation and PC that there is going to be most likely, you know, any any future game that's under that Zenimax umbrella because they got Zenimax, not just not, not just Bethesda, um, is going to wind up being on Game Pass at launch. That is the the tentative uh, rumors going around from a leak that we are going to be finding out that yeah, you know, Bethesda games going forward, Game Pass day one. Yep, that's unbelievable, Bruno. That's that's amazing. Yeah, I would. I would pay tens of dollars a month for that, and I believe I am because yeah. not only do my am I getting the awesome library of like Microsoft's IPs and everything that they've brought to the Game Pass, but I'm also getting EA Play, and now we're gonna be getting Bethesda stuff. Essentially, I think it's only a matter of time before we see more studios follow suit, and hopefully. It's it's beneficial for all, all gamers and and as much as I like to hoard exclusives over the other consoles, regardless of what they are, Mario over uh, Xbox and PlayStation. Mm-hmm. You could say Uncharted or Last of Us over Xbox and Nintendo, and Halo over PlayStation and Nintendo. But we we all want everyone to be able to play games. That's the ultimate goal. I don't think that as much as, you know, I, I might like to hate on this console or this game or whatever it may be. At the end of the day, I want choices and I want to be able to have that choice without having to go out and buy a new console strictly for one game. Um, so I think it's important that Xbox still keep Bethesda open to other uh, platforms because honestly I I don't like it when it happens to me on the on the Xbox side right. and I wouldn't want that to happen on the other side because yeah. then you're just going to go down this road where like PlayStation is going to be like well fine we're going to buy Ubisoft and you can only play Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs on PlayStation and we don't want to get in that battle um, so. your move right <laughs> well yeah you know and, 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 and hey that's good you know coming from someone like you that is is known to be you know a, a proponent of uh, of Xbox that you're kind of you know trying to spread yeah. the love and that's it, it's interesting you bring up that perspective Bruno because you know especially on Twitter right now there's been a lot of fanboyism and and people kind of bringing back the console wars with this because and look mm. I'll, I'll say this much we're going to we're going to know more on Thursday right now we're just speculating oh, but yeah. the big questions yeah. right now 
are look, look at the huge AAA titles that are coming down the pipe within the next five years for Bethesda. Starfield, yeah. people have been talking about this for a long time. The Indiana Jones games, right? You know, we, we got we got mm, hyped yeah. about that, and now it's you know, could it could it be yep. an Xbox exclusive? But most importantly, Bruno, the Elder Scrolls Six. I mean, you want to talk oh, about? Oh my goodness, we've been a title that. I mean, how long have we been re-releasing Skyrim, waiting for this news? And, and the last <laughs> the last video, I think, release or reveal of Elder Scrolls Six was literally just like a title card like it was nothing so you know if if news came out on thursday that those games are going to be xbox exclusives the internet is going to die it's just gonna it's just gonna <laughs> die shut it down for like 24 hours <laughs> and twitter will not be accessible reddit will not be and i'm not joking about that with twitter and reddit because yeah. people are going to flip you know and, and the people what's going to happen yeah. is people that you know did buy a ps5 um, and and we're expecting to be able to play these kind of games before this announcement was made. They're gonna feel pretty slighted, and understandably yeah. so, uh, because yeah, Bethesda just has such a wide range of titles that you know if, if you're taking if you're saying every single AAA banger that they're bringing out um, is gonna be Xbox only, man, I you know you you would you would have to to pour some out for the for the PlayStation guys because. That's a that's a bad beat. Well, and, and it also raises that concern that we've been talking about before with digital content and you not actually owning the digital content that you have. You're merely leasing it for an extended period of time, because if essentially Microsoft owns Bethesda, then they could say, well, we're going to pull all Bethesda games from every single platform that's not an Xbox. I don't know Ooh, how they no, would do that, that legally, that would, but, yeah. you know. That wouldn't play. <laughs> but if so, you know, that mm-hmm. you've got to realize that the idea of pulling a, a digital game from a, from a place is totally in the realm of possibility. You know, and, and a lot of people will say, a lot of people will say things like, well, see, that's why I strictly buy physical games, as if they can't put a blocker on that particular game being loaded in. I mean, we can't play PlayStation games on an Xbox. I mean, this is besides yeah. the <laughs> besides the the limitations of the platform and whatnot and how it's how it's rendered. But you know, this idea that it's still a disc, it's still the same thing. It's, it hasn't changed in that respect. But there are tons of blocks that come up for people in certain uh, regions. So there's, you know, VPN blockers and that allow access to different stuff. So it's not out of the realm of possibility to say that one day we might not have access to some of the digital titles that we've previously had access to, or a physical copy that requires an internet update, like, or requires an internet connection, Mm -hmm. or if the console itself just requires an internet connection, it would be one of those things where you'd have to, hope it plays offline and then you could play it. Right. But you know, we're Either you moving need to play it in its original state before patches came out or yeah, that's it. Right. Exactly. You're not going to get any of the stuff that, and, and in yep. today's era of games as a service where what you are shipped is usually nowhere close to what the continuing product is like. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's very, very interesting. I, I don't think we'll see anything that, uh, that bold from Microsoft. I think if anything, we might see timed exclusive like PlayStation has done and that I, I'm okay with, I'm okay with timed yeah. exclusives. I'm, I deal with them. Uh, PlayStation can deal with them as well. That's so. right. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> usually a Sony around. move. Yeah, it yeah, is. Ha- it is so. ha- oh, how the turntables. <laughs> <laughs> as michael scott would say right <laughs> oh my gosh well bruno a, a jam-packed episode here because we've got our our very first what we were calling the indie spotlight but we have rebranded into Ooh, the bonus round because, bonus round yeah well we wanted to open this up so initially we were doing a a thing only for indie developers we're bringing them on and doing you know yep. uh, an interview with them and we said yep. you know what let's open this thing up not just to uh you know indie developers but all sorts of smaller content creators like yeah. streamers and even other gaming podcasters that we've, we've formed a lot of relationships on Twitter and we want to help to kind of promote these these other, you know, content creators out there who are trying to promote that, that same brand of positivity that yeah. Quick to Build is all about. So, yeah, we are now calling this the, the bonus round segment. Nice. Um, and we are going to be uh, we're putting out some feelers right now. And if you're listening and you know someone or you yourself or a, are a content creator that would fall under the umbrella of one of those three things, uh, feel free to contact us at quitthebuild at gmail.com and yep. we'll, uh, we'll get in touch with you. And if everything lines up, we'll, we'll bring you on for an interview, just like 
our upcoming interview. This is a guy named Ruben Pereira. He comes from uh, the interestingly named Outriders studio, not to be confused (laughs) with the game. He talks about it in the interview um, and his upcoming game called Back Then. Let's take a listen. All right, and welcome to another Indie Spotlight segment where we're taking a look at up-and-coming indie games that caught our eye, and this one has a very interesting premise that I'm really excited to dive into, Uh, and I'm joined today by Ruben from Outriders Studio. Ruben, how you doing? Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Doing great. How are you? Yeah, yeah. Doing great. Thanks. And, you know, this is such a cool idea for a game, um, so let's not waste any time and and just kind of jump right in. Tell us about your upcoming game called Back Then. So Back Then is a slow-paced, narrative-driven game about a senior poet with Alzheimer's. And it focuses on the narrative, and it shows you the decline of the disease through our protagonist, Thomas. To achieve this, the game is split between short acts and flashbacks, where the acts are in the present where the disease is at an advanced level, while the flashbacks show a more artistic depiction of both Thomas's past and his deteriorating mental state, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, it, it's really interesting because just yesterday, um, when we were recording a, an episode of our podcast, I noticed one of the uh, trending hashtags was actually about Alzheimer's disease awareness, uh, and it definitely seems like it's, it's a topic that uh, people are really talking about, especially it's with It's gaining the, more ground, actually. It's, yeah. It's good to see. It, it is, because I think, especially with the pandemic, there's been a huge focus on mental health um, and, and taking care of yourself mentally, and you know, there's, there's so many things about what, what can possibly correlate with, with you know, getting Alzheimer's, which I'm sure um, you're aware of. But I guess my, my question about the plot of the game is this, that, you know, Having a protagonist that is suffering from advanced Alzheimer's is a concept I don't ever recall seeing before in a game. So what inspired you to make it a feature in the game? So two years ago, back in Global Game Jam, the team and I were discussing possible ideas for a game based on the theme home, just the word home. We could manipulate it however we saw, we, however we saw fit. But we quickly found out that we all had a family member with Alzheimer's, and that's when everything kind of clicked. Telling a heartfelt story about Alzheimer's for a lot of us serves as venting and even gives us a sense of catharsis. And very rarely do people actually talk about this disease. So we're taking this game as an opportunity to not only make a relatable and emotional story, but at the same time to spread awareness. Yeah, that's such a rarity, you know, to think that, Everybody that was, you know, kind of having the conversation about what to make this game, you know, all had that shared thing that they've, you know, suffered from. And it's not just the person that has Alzheimer's that suffers, of course, it's it's the whole family and having to deal with someone that, that can forget you, you know, um, yeah. uh, all over again, you know, each time that the, the mental toll it can take. So, yeah, I get it. It would probably be very therapeutic to be able to, to talk that out and, and kind of develop a game that almost expresses your emotions. Um, so, you know, and, and uh, speaking to that, you know, I know a lot of games will use amnesia kind of as like a plot point where they'll have the player forget who they are, which makes it easy to tell a story because you're learning, you know, about their story right alongside the, the, the protagonist, the character themselves as they're going through the game. But really, Alzheimer's works in the opposite way, right? Instead of giving memories, it's actually taking memories, how do you plan to implement forgetting things into a game where the main character of the game might forget, but the player behind the screen isn't forgetting anything? So this was actually something we had a lot of trouble figuring out at the start, because while we did think of making the project similar to games like Amnesia or System Shock, where you learn the narrative alongside the protagonist, we decided that wouldn't be the best course and instead use the confusion this disease creates to show the narrative. What I mean by this is that while Thomas, the character, is remembering his past and is slowly connecting the dots about exactly how the disease affected him and his family, the player behind the screen is learning a lot more than that because at its core, back then, is a game about family and how Alzheimer's ruins it and is not Thomas's personal story, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm going to admit I just fanboyed a little bit when you mentioned System Shock because... Uh... Boy, I love that game, and I am so pumped for that remake coming out. Um, same, but, same, actually. Yeah. Looks great. Yeah, but yeah, okay, yeah. So many times I thought when I, when I was, uh, you know, kind of getting ready for this interview of like, man, you can't you can't force a player to forget information, so you know, how do you go do about that. it? Yeah. 
just don't even think about it. Give the player more meaning behind what he's doing instead of, you know, just being the base story, make it come out of the screen in a way. Right, right, right. And really the, the player's kind of seeing the big picture of, you know, what, what life was like for this character before they, you know, began to forget everything. So, yeah, very, very cool idea for a game. Now, you know, you've definitely received some accolades in the past for this. Back in 2020, um, Outriders Studio received multiple awards during the, I think it was the PlayStation Talents event that happened in Portugal. What was Perfect. it like to all of a sudden have such a huge spotlight put on you and your team? It was definitely one of the highlights of our career. I mean, having our parents watch us on national television while we receive an award is a feeling that to this day, I really can't describe, (laughs) seriously. It's a really good feeling, though. It catapulted our studio to stardom, quote-unquote, and helped us get a good foundation for the project and a lot more resources for development, which is essentially the key in this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, so many people, I think, come up with ideas that might be unique or have a good cause behind them like yours, but you just don't get the traction because, as I'm sure you know, you know, the indie game market right now is just everybody's got their own idea and is willing to work in a, in a small group of people of, of, you know, three or less people to try and make that dream a reality. So it's, it's awesome that you found a way to kind of cut through the fog of uh, of you know the what everyone else is doing and and have your moment to shine so that that that's so cool um you know your team's involvement with this game i think is kind of in a way made you advocates for awareness of alzheimer's disease and the impact that it can have on families if you could say one thing to our gaming audience who maybe has a loved one um suffering from this disease what would it be well unfortunately this disease doesn't have a cure but there's always one thing we can do We can be there for them to listen, be patient, and above all, just because they forget themselves doesn't mean they have to forget the love we have for them. Be strong. That is it. Yeah. That is the most we can do right now. And sometimes that's enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's challenging and you have to constantly remind yourself, but it's, there's, there's obviously there's always the pressure of, you know, wanting to do more for that person. Right. But at the same time, we have to realize that we don't have superpowers. And unfortunately, unlike cancer and unlike other diseases, Alzheimer's is just, it just does its thing and we have to respect it. And that's hard to do. But once you get around to respecting what it does and how to deal with it properly, it doesn't make it easier, obviously, but it's less of a weight on you. Yeah, one of the things that I, I remember a quote that I, I saw from somebody recently about, you know, having a loved one that that's kind of forgotten you because of advanced Alzheimer's is you need to be able to sing someone's song for them when they've forgotten it. Exactly. And I thought that was really, really memorable of like that. That's 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 the right way to go about it. That, you know, don't don't let, you know, the memories that they've given you go away just because you know they've they've maybe forgotten you but well listen Ruben this is such a great idea for a game and we're always more than happy to have uh, developers on who are are creating something that's more than just a game experience but really trying to educate people on whether it's social issues or in this case you know a a, a disease um, that I I wish you all the best do you uh, do you have any uh, any information on where our listeners can go if they want to get more information and just kind of follow the project as it develops uh, definitely. Our Discord server is very active. We're on there daily, just annoying everyone. Our Twitter and our Facebook page are also pretty good. And we're going to have a Steam page launching soon, either this month or the next. Oh, good, good. Yeah, yeah. Definitely get some get some, get some wish lists going because I think a lot of people are, are going to be uh, very, very excited to I, back. I'm actually nervous to launch the Steam page. I don't know why. It's just like <laughs> the pre the pre launch yeah. phase you know the anxiety. Oh, i'm sure i'm sure like, like any other developer it's those those big steps where you're like okay now yeah, i have to course. actually see like what kind of interest there is in the game but with, with such a great cause behind it i think i think that uh you know support is definitely going to be there and uh, count me in for for somebody on the wish list so uh, best of luck to you ruben and yeah for all of our listeners if you'd like to support this game um all of the uh, socials that he just mentioned discord and all that uh will be on the description for this podcast linked right in so you can go and and check that out and uh, yeah ruben thanks so much for being on the podcast and good luck with the game thank you thank you for having me it's been a pleasure seriously and we are back you know bruno it was it was such an interesting interview and like i had mentioned in that you know it's it's very cool to talk to someone about who's making a game that is 
about advancing education and awareness about a condition like Alzheimer's. What was your take on it? Well, I thought it looked really good. I was very impressed with the graphics, the screenshots and the little trailer that we have right now. It definitely feels more than like a single A indie developed game. It looks like a double A title. It's got that feel to it. It, it. It had some dark scenes in there and it just yeah. looked very ambient of of what I might expect for this game. Uh, and I love the idea of, of having some mystery that you have to solve and the idea of having these flashbacks that kind of give you more insight to the character. That yeah. helps not only propel the narrative, but it also helps you basically fall in love with the character. And that's what really sells a video game is falling in love with a character or a narrative and story. Um, you know, not just the shoot 'em ups of course, but you know, one of the things that I thought was really, uh, intriguing is I thought this would be really interesting if you didn't know that you had Alzheimer's until the end of the game, mm. you know, we're going into this story knowing that we have Alzheimer's and, I think it would be interesting if it was something that the character figured out towards the end of the game where maybe they think at first they're solving a mystery or looking for a missing person and they're trying to piece together all these different memories that these flashbacks that they're having and you think maybe these flashbacks aren't flashbacks that's just part of the narrative of you know well now we're seeing this and I'm piecing it together and then towards the end you kind of have this epiphany of like oh man this character that I'm trying to solve this mystery about is actually me um it kind of reminded yeah, me of yeah, yeah. you know like there have you ever seen that movie uh planes trains and automobile i've heard of it no but uh, i've not seen it so it's got steve martin and john candy in it and yeah. this is a little spoiler alert for those people but haven't seen it it's it's from the late 80s so i mean i'm not yeah. spoiling anything new here but there's the scene at the end of the movie where steve martin is reminiscing about this like horrible trip that he's had based with john candy who kind of tagged along and helped him get uh, from point A to point B, which was from where he was at, I think it was in New York to home in Chicago. And he's learned so much about John Candy's character. And one of the things he learned was John Candy's character really loves his wife. And that's all he really talked about. Well, towards the end, he finds out that his wife had actually passed away and that he was really homeless. And so he, he's sitting on this train reminiscing about everything. And he kind of just has this epiphany of like, Oh my gosh, I was so blind, like the sixth sense, like I can't believe I didn't see it. It was right in front of me. And I think yeah. something like that is super powerful. You know, it's I, I love the idea of of tackling something, something like mental health or a, a mental disease that has no cure and bringing that light to the world. But at the same time, you know, I still want something that's going to intrigue me. And I think sometimes when we think of these deeper games like this, it can be off-putting for people because they're like, I don't want to feel things. I don't want right. to feel, you know what I mean? <laughs> Going into it, you're like, I don't want to feel emotions, but really yeah. you do. You want to feel, you know, because when you think about The Last of Us and those emotional connections you make with characters towards the end of Halo, when you're in the Warthog and the music's playing and you're, you're all pumped up. Up and you've got these feelings. You want the feelings. You want the yes. feels. But sometimes we're just a little afraid to have realistic feels. And I think this is one of those things that people might be off put about. But if they give it a chance, it's going yeah. to be a really, really good story and shed some light on to a disease that affects so many people and so many family members. So yeah. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this this uh, comes about. I know they're getting ready to start their uh, journey on Steam and actually list the, the game. Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, be sure to get out there and check that out. Um, what did you think? It's so cool to be able to kind of help shed a spotlight on something for such a great cause. 
Um, and that's a very common theme, I think, among indie developers that I have yeah. spoken with and interacted with online um, is that so many of them are about, you know, maybe not necessarily the game itself being yeah. about a social cause or awareness of something, mm-hmm. but, you know, behind the scenes, they very much are. Um, and so this is, uh, you know, a game with a great purpose. That, that's going to about do it for us, Bruno. Again, for uh, all of our listeners, uh, if you can, make sure to check out our community page at quitthebuild.com slash community, where you have access to all of our, uh, our socials, our merchandise as well. Um, and you can also go to our, our newly created uh, Patreon page if you'd like to support us in that way. Uh, we do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, that's about all I've got. What do you got for him, Bruno? Well, I'm going to be getting ready to take a Valium and go, go night-night because I have an awesome dental <laughs> procedure tomorrow and they yeah. want me to be feeling nice and relaxed for that so okay. i'm about to have a very interesting evening and i hope you guys <laughs> en- enjoyed our very interesting podcast it has been so much fun i really do enjoy the conversation and just uh hearing the feedback from you guys we have been receiving so many amazing reviews on apple Podcasts, so we yeah. do appreciate that uh your feedback and listening and support does mean the world to us and that's why we created the patreon page so we could give you guys cool stuff for supporting us so be sure to check it out that's patreon.com slash quit the build you can also get all of our links to all of our socials on quitthebuild.com along with some amazing blog articles uh more information about nicholas and i and of course you can grab yourself a martinsburg earth ploppers t-shirt the plops how they do it i don't think they're playing this week i think like i said the bus might have broke down or something on the way to the thing and for some reason they can't do it so they've had to cancel but I'm sure they're going to be playing here soon and we're going to be bringing you that news along with some additional uh, podcast episodes with the Nostalgia Vault that you can only get through Patreon so be sure to be on the lookout for that but until next time for Nick I'm Bruno and for Bruno I'm Nick peace out what it do Thank mm-hmm. you.